hello, and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, and I am super excited to have Danielle Baker on our podcast today. She is a nurse and was coerced to get the vaccine, like many healthcare professionals were, from their employer. And she was injured because of it. And she is now disabled, and she is suing her employer because they were mandated in it. Now, if you remember during this time of mandating these vaccines, when there was lawsuits against the state for mandating them to healthcare professionals, whether you be a nurse or a pharmacist or a doctor, the state would always say, well, we didn't do it. We, uh, it's the employer that did it. So when there was lawsuits against the state for mandating it, they always punted it to the employer. So it'll be interesting to see how these cases turn out. Um, one of the things that we want to do is we want to expose these things. I know there has been some big um, rulings across the nation, how employers are responsible um, and for firing people for not getting the vaccine and had to pay a bunch of back pay and give them their jobs back. So it'll be interesting to see how these cases progress. So hopefully Danielle can update us on her case as we're working on getting her on the podcast. In the meantime, I want to share some great news. Um, I just got off a conference call with um, Dr. Michael Turner and, um, Dr. and um, Carl Lambert, and we are planning a medical freedom conference in Coeur d'Alene, um, targeted towards healthcare professionals. Um, and it's going to be, we just made the date September 30th and it'll, it'll be all kinds of medical professionals. And we're going to have, we're, we're getting speakers as we, as we speak and making the, uh, um, we're going to make it a great event. So you want to stay tuned for that. It'll be September 30th. Mark your calendars now to anybody that's a healthcare professional. You don't want to miss out. We're going to have some big speakers, medical freedom conference in Coeur d'Alene. And I see that Danielle is on our podcast. Danielle, welcome to our show. Hi, thanks uh, for having me. I appreciate it. You are very welcome. So I did introduce you um, a little bit. Basically, um, you were a nurse and you were injured, uh, coerced to get the vaccine, like many nurses and healthcare professionals were. And um, now you're injured because of it. So will you tell us that story? There's a lot of uh, twists and turns in it. I really should have a made-for-TV movie at this uh, point. Uh, I was a hospice nurse for 17 years, worked through the pandemic without proper PPE like everybody else did and with missed the horrors of what lockdown did to our community um in 2020 and december i acquired covid from working in the facilities and gained my own immunity i didn't have a desire to get uh, the shot I thought it was too rushed, so I opted out, came due for the health care providers, 
a one. Uh, we got, we had been getting emails, but we got one specific email that said if we don't have the shot begin or the series by July of 2021, they would remove our COVID protection benefits that paid time off if we got injured or had adverse uh, reaction to the shot or um, had to recover or anything to that nature. Along with that, we knew the mandate from our company was coming in July. Uh, I was bombarded as well as the rest of the team with emails about safety and effectiveness. They had town halls. They incentivized $5,000 weekly drawings and up to $20,000. They were segregating and it was very had gotten the shot and who hadn't. Uh, after a long discussion with my husband, I held the benefits for my family. We were newlyweds. We hadn't been married a year yet, and we had two special needs children. So we needed my income and we needed the insurance and I took it thinking I would have a safety net if something happened and that wasn't the case. Um, I had two Pfizer injections, both bad batches. It was the second one that set me in a tailspin. Uh, I fell the night of my shot and I injured my, my arm that I had gotten the shot in. Uh, it did better overnight. It got worse. So I presented to the ER on the next day. That was the exact point. I thought something happened because of the shot. I, I had horrible pain in my arm. It was numb. It went into my face. I couldn't move it. But at problem, did in to the wrong space and I came to find out weeks later that wasn't the case. Emergency related to the was it for an ex and dismissed within 30 minutes with uh, no answers. 
over the next couple of weeks, I had some testing, but on uh, around July 7th, when things still weren't improving, I had a horrible back pain. Um, after that, over the next four days, I essentially lost my functions. I lost my ability to effectively walk. I lost my bowel and bladder, um, and so many uh, other things. Um, I knew something was wrong. Uh, I didn't want to go to the hospital because I had been a gaslit. So a week later, I had an outpatient MRI, and that MRI showed the shot caused my body to attack my spinal C3 through C7, and I have a diagnosis of a transverse. Wow, I, I am so sorry to hear that. Um, so is, is a, you got diagnosed that the the shot caused that. Is it hard to get a lot of the doctors or healthcare providers to believe that? Was it hard to get that diagnosis? Oh, uh, for me, God was in my path because when I presented to the ER, the doctor that took care of us sat down with us and said, he was sorry. His sister helped develop the mRNA technology and that it wasn't meant for this. So he was the first one that documented the relationship. I had a neurologist that 100% believed the same thing, but that's not the norm. A year later, I was hospitalized and I had all of this stuff in my chart, all of my testing and everything. And a group of doctors knew it, but told me I needed a psych consult and there was nothing wrong with me. So even having a solid diagnosis doesn't matter. Yeah, there's still a lot of pushback and doctors just don't want to believe it. And they gaslight patients that it's in their head and, and like you say, get a psych evaluation. Um, so fast forward to when did you decide to, to, to make your, to hold your employer responsible? Um, I didn't get a final stamp on all of my diagnoses until probably October of 2021 because they did testing and everything and wanted to be sure, which my finalized diagnosis, I Honestly, didn't know I going in until I had 
been asked to speak at a conference, and there I had met Warner Mendenhall, and he talked to me and and Catherine Hewick, um, Renee Hedges. I got connected with all of them, and they um, went through my case history and felt I had a strong workers' comp case. So he found a lawyer to take it to workers' comp court. That was around uh, June, maybe, of 2022. And you currently, the workers' comp accepted your case, correct? Yes. Um, my particular employer, Ohio's hospice, is a um, self-paid into the system. So if anybody gets hurt on their watch, they're directly responsible. They opted out of the program. So my case, once filed, went directly to the Industrial Commission. Um, of course, they hired a doctor to say no relationship at which the doctor didn't get a lot of stuff right in his report. Uh, but they won on uh, that in the industrial commission. Um, so we had two trials with the industrial commission. We lost both, but we then had the option to move to civil court and take my employer as well as the workers' compensation program in Ohio to court, and that's what we did. And tell us the outcome of that. So that my lawyer filed for a jury trial to allow me uh, to participate in the workers' compensation program. Ohio's hospice, of course, filed that it I don't meet a criteria and a lot of other legal stuff I don't understand. Um, and essentially saying throw it out and pay us lawyer fees. The judge that is seeing over the case after she got that information from the other lawyer uh, decided to move forward and set a trial date. So we have one in that regard. Um, we went into this trying to pave a way. Um, nobody that we knew had done this and we wanted to end up in front of a jury of peers. So that, that way it can set precedence for anybody else that's in the same situation.
And when is your, did you have the trial? Or when is the trial date? The trial is set, I believe, for January of 2024. We're start, well, we're in the discovery process right and now. So it's actively moving forward. So is it, are you, did the workman's comp thing, that's, so you're not on workman's comp yet. That's part of what the trial is, correct? Correct. So okay. we're fighting okay. to allow me to participate. Okay. Now, if if they do accept, if you're suing Workman's Comp and your employer, because your employer mandated it, okay, correct? So Not if, at that point. They highly encouraged it to benefit them. And a lot of people don't understand that if you do something at encouragement of your employer for their benefit, they're responsible for the outcome of that. So that is the platform that we have. Okay. Okay. That's why that's what I wanted to verify. Now, if could there be a case that um, cause you're suing two people here. Could there be a case that you win the workman's comp case, but you don't win the employer part of it? N no. So what happens is it essentially, I have to sue workers comp because they're involved in said no, but because Ohio's hospice is self insured, they're, the ones were suing. And when we, when it goes back and the workers comp is who, who puts um, the finalization to it. If I win in front of the jurors, they cannot deny me. I see. Okay. Okay. Thanks for clearing that up. So is there any, is there any precedence for this case? at all um so what you know i don't think there is with any with vaccine injury but is there any other presence presence of these cases where an employer mandates you to do something and the person gets injured and then they're responsible is there precedent yeah. there's some supreme court decisions that upheld uh, the the fact of encouragement from the employer an injury and they upheld the ability to participate in the program. There's just not much at all. So we're trying to pave that way and figure out and set clear current precedents for those that want to do the same. And this is a, one of the only avenues you have because you can't sue Pfizer for the vaccine because they have a law that they don't have any liability if their vaccines injure anybody. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah there, there is no other path. Yeah, they have immunity against everything, which is why they develop the VICP and the CICP, but 
COVID vax injuries are in the CICP and they don't award anything really. So it's a pointless. For those of us that don't know what DICD is, will you explain those things? So you have a, a, a C. Uh, IVP court, which is a countermeasure vaccine injury program. And then you have a VICP, which is a vaccine injury program. Uh, once vaccines become uh, put on the childhood schedule, they're supposed to to move over to the VICP. But at the CIVP is for um, vaccine actions that are not approved, uh, essentially, and are countermeasures. So they have a court, if you're injured, that you can file to for compensation. Uh, that's where the COVID vax injuries are at. But that court to date, I think, has paid out maybe eight claims in the whole time that they've been active, which is since 1986, I think. Um, the VICP is for uh, uh, vaccines that have been put on the childhood schedule. And that court has so much more allowance and ability for a compensation that is deserved. So if you're injured by um, MM, uh, uh, the measles mump, uh, shot, then you would file within the VICP and most likely if, if you can prove it, their standards are low and you and your lawyer will, will be compensated. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for clearing that up. Um, so what, what does... What do you see as your chances? Is your does your lawyer um, give you any insight on what your chances are? I know I know that's that's a, a lot of speculation, um, but yeah, we've got fire underneath us, and we have a pure motives. Yeah, I've always told my husband we don't have any anything to lose or or telling thing up and we honestly believe in the end in front of a jury of our peers we will be successful well i i sure hope so i, I, and, I and and thank you first of all i'm sorry for what happened it, it's it, horrible tragic 
And, you know, I, I hope we as Americans do not allow this stuff to happen again. And it's people like you that will be fighting to prevent this stuff from happening again. So employers will be less likely to, to violate people's personal medical freedom. Um, you know, and, and no matter, regardless of what the state says, you know, cause like in our state of Washington, maybe like in your state of Ohio, the state said that, you know, people, healthcare professionals have to be vaccinated. And so they put it on the employer and then the employer then mandates it. And then, so the state washes their hands of responsibility and said, oh, so it's the employer mandated. It's not us. And somebody has got to take responsibility. And I just hope these people are held accountable. Um, I know there's been some, some lawsuits around the country where people were let go because they refused to get vaccinated and the courts made them get back pay and hire, you know, be hired back if they wanted. So that's, I'm optimistic about that. So hopefully these vaccine injuries can, can be the same and these people can be held responsible. I, I agree. And I hope so too. I'm, permanently disabled and we've been my health has been decimated our financial situation has been decimated it's affected everything in our life and regardless of the outcome of my case it's important to me to continue to advocate and network and find solutions for everybody. I'm not going to stop speaking out and trying to find a way because I live the hell every day that so many like me do. I am so sorry to hear that, Daniel. It's horribly tragic. I cannot, you know, the more I find out, the more I talk to people uh, around the nation, um, whether it be healthcare professionals or whether, whether it be people that were affected personally, injured personally, because the vaccine, it's just surprising as a pharmacist that for years I drank the Kool-Aid. I just trusted the government. I trusted my education. I trusted big pharma. I trusted their studies. And now I think it's important that we just question it all. I think it's very, very important. And, and our goal, my goal is to, with this podcast is to educate and empower individuals to take charge of their own health. Don't, don't trust, you know, verify everything. Don't, don't, don't trust the government. Don't trust big pharma. Don't, don't trust Medicare. Don't trust Medicaid. Um, do your own research and take care of your own health because that's the only people that are really advocating is you have to advocate for yourself. And you are a hundred percent correct. And some of us found that out uh, the hard way. And most of us making a decision that we felt backed into or that was right because of what we were told and in the end everybody had the wool over their eyes 
Yeah, it, it's it's incredible, and I I'm optimistic um, because I'm that type of person. Um, I'm optimistic that the good thing that's going to come out of this whole tragic situation is that the system's been exposed, and and people like you and I really really know that now, and we're not going to trust the medical industrial complex, um, and we're going to educate people on on our experiences and tell them the same that they've got to take care of their own health if you don't nobody's going to there's a lot of wonderful people in our community um that we're in but ultimately it's up to us what we do that's right. That's right. So um, tell us about, this is your Substack, right? Your Substack, yeah. the Coast Nurse. Tell, tell us about this. Um, so my um, Kevin Tuttle, who has graciously stepped up to help me pro bono, he's a publicist. Um, he knew I liked to write in journal, and so he encouraged me to start a sub stack. So um, I, if I am, it takes me a while to put together things because of my illness, but it's a therapeutic way for me to share my story and my experiences with the people. That little boy that you see in that picture is my son. Um, And he's one of our children that's been affected by all of this. So trying to get the word out and, and get people to understand what is happening as well as a therapeutic way of healing is why I do it. That's right. And, and I thank you so much for doing it. This is a, you're, you're a hero and people like you are going to be looked at, you know, decades down and may, maybe only a few years down, um, you know, and realize that, you know, you guys were heroes and and pioneers in exposing the horrors that we have in our medical industrial complex. So I thank you for, for doing that, Danielle. And I thank you for being in our podcast today. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate the opportunity and you are right up there with everybody and you're what you're doing as well. I, I don't think any of us think of ourselves as heroes. We just think of ourselves as a good people that want to help. And and speaking truth. That's all I want to do. I just want to speak truth and educate and empower um, other individuals. That's that's really what 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 my goal is. And that's such an honorable goal. And that I believe is the goal of our community. Um, so I, I think we're going to be successful as long as we keep together and keep speaking. Um, it, uh, it, it's amazing at 
how rapid the movement has been in just the past few months. I'm not sure if you have seen that too, uh, but the more that has come out, the more people see. I, I agree with you. And, um, it makes me feel better about myself and, and, and probably, you know, cause early on we kind of felt like outsiders, right. When we were questioning things and it's like, Oh, maybe I am crazy. No, you know, maybe I am. And the more people come out and the more people that were even really, really, you know, following the narrative and have come out and says, yeah, I, I, I've, I've changed. Um, it, it does, it does somewhat give me optimism. It does gives me a lot of optimism and it makes us all feel not so lonely out here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. When I first started to be able to not walk my husband, I would look at him and just cry. And I doubted that it was real. I'm like, my body is being stupid. My brain is making me do this. It's it, it just can't be happening. Right. I questioned everything because of my background. So it took imaging to assure me that I wasn't crazy. And, and that's kind of the same feeling as people join the movement. It assures us that we're on the right side of history. Absolutely. Absolutely. I so appreciate you being on today and sharing your story. Um, listeners and viewers tune in Thursday to our midweek podcast um, with Zach Holdsworth, CEO of Hint Health. Um, on this same subject, he is going to be talking about restoring the patient physician relationship um, as Danielle can probably attest to, and she when she shares her story, the relationship between patients and physicians has been lost largely. And there are a huge group of patients that do not trust doctors anymore. We get those questions all the time in the pharmacy. Who can I go see that I can trust? Um, and it's sad to think that patients don't trust physicians but anymore. But I will tell you, don't be too alarmed because there are physicians out there you can trust and tune in Thursday so you can find out how to find them and realize too that um, you're in charge. So you make those decisions. Don't let somebody else make it for you. So tune in, tune in Thursday, 8 a.m. to, to 9 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time to find out how to restore the physician-patient relationship. Danielle, thank you so much for being on today. I really appreciate it. Let's stay in touch and update us on your case, okay? Uh, absolutely. And uh, thank you so much. I appreciate it as well. You're welcome. Thank you for tuning in to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. We will see you Thursday.